Hey, appreciators, we are back and we have a nice, warm, delicious dish of the bear to talk about today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Behind. Behind. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're right there. Sorry, I forgot. I feel like the whole episode. Yes, we, chef. Yeah, we should refer to each other as chef. Yes, chef. Okay, I'm going to start the podcast. Yeah, chef. Thank you, chef. Thank. Yep. Jeff. You sound good, chef. You sound good too, Jeff. Uh, but yeah, the bear season two, uh, it's been out and finished for a while now, but, uh, that's a show you got me hooked on last year, even Mm -hmm. though I kind of dragged my feet watching it, but I don't want to kind of spoil the discussion, but after finishing season two, the bear, now that succession's over, might be my favorite show on TV. Yeah. I really look forward to it. I mean, it's so nice because when it drops, you can just binge it. Yeah. So I, the jury is out on whether or not I actually enjoy watching a week to week show versus a binge. I know that there's some argument on that. I think we even talked about it last year. Yeah, I think so. That I think you kind of lean towards liking that, liking that week to week release. I do. But on shows that are 30 minute, like that 30 minute format, yeah. On hour long episodes, I do kind of enjoy the week to week release, but on half hour TV shows, I kind of like having the option of being able to watch two at a time or three at a time and then sitting with that. It depends on the episode because they can I enjoy that streamers kind of give them the rain to do a 45 minute episode like the Christmas episode. Yeah. And yeah, actually that may have been a little longer than 45 minutes. No, I think there were a couple episodes this season that were an hour close to an hour. I think there was, I think there was one that was an hour. So I really, it might've been that one. I really enjoy that. There are some episodes that break that form and go for an hour, um, break that half hour form. But, um, I really liked that this season they had some, uh, you wouldn't call it a bottle episode, but you would call it what? What's the official term for having an episode just about one character and their development? I mean, aside from the the lead character, I, I think nowadays I don't think that's technically what a bottle episode is, but that's kind of like the parlance today is people just call it a bottle episode. Sure, you know? I, a, a self-contained episode. I usually don't tend to like those, or I I usually don't have those as being some of my favorite episodes. But they were those episodes in season two that focused on some specific characters and their development in the show were some of my very favorite episodes in the entire series. They did a lot this season where they were splitting everyone up and giving every character their kind of own episode. And sometimes that can backfire, uh, especially if it's an ensemble cast where they work so well together. But yeah. this season, it really worked because they they did eventually give you that payoff of everyone coming together. And because everyone had something they were working through, by the time in those last couple episodes they were working together as a unit, yeah. it was like just sparks flying. Dude, Richie's episode? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that because... Man, that episode... Yeah, I think that was probably my favorite of the season. Of yeah. the entire season. Include like I feel like the one that's front and center is gonna be the Christmas episode. Mm-hmm. But Richie's episode, 
I feel like that had to be my all time, my favorite of the whole season. Too. Yeah, that if was... I if I'm working on the bear, I'm submitting not the Christmas one, but that one to the Emmys. Yeah, I thought that one was unbelievable. Yeah, but... that honestly, Richie as a character was the MVP for the season for me. I totally agree. I think like his, the dynamics of Richie's character are mm-hmm. shifting so much. It's so fun to watch because from season one, you, you think, you know, the decisions he's going to make, yeah. but you don't because like his, uh, yeah. his personal life and the decisions that he makes and where those come from, you don't know the full backstory yet in season two. And so, um, it's very, it was unexpected for me to see like sometimes in these shows, you think, you know, what they're doing or where they're going and you you sometimes think rich like a character like richie's is going to be an anchor he's a like he's like a one note side character yeah. he's going to be always this guy like you think he's going to be consistent like an anchor in the show of like well you always know what richie's yeah. gonna do like he's always going to be there he's gonna he'll always be present but mm-hmm. he may not always be making the right decisions you know so you think that's the direction it's going to go with richie but but no, they, they give they him the most us, emotional arc of the season. Yeah, they took him on a tw- uh, they took us on a twisty road. Yeah, no, and I loved it. I mean, yeah, I guess we'll just dive right in. Uh, Sorry, yeah, I just started like I mean, rocking and rolling. Why not this. start with the best? But yeah, like I, I felt like the first season, which I really liked, though, and I can't put my finger on it. But even after finishing the first season, I remember being like, "Good show, really liked it." Don't know if it would have been in like my top five, right? Uh, because I felt like season one, it like the very end is where I started to go, Oh, this is what they're doing. Yeah. It's all been about his unexplored grief with his brother. And then there's that payoff where it's actually not until he finally confronts that grief that the restaurant saved, which was such a smart writing choice in that him being willing to finally read that letter from his brother is actually how he learned where the money is. Yeah. So he ties both problems. There's the personal problem of Carmi's, you know, unresolved grief, but then there's also the problem of how do we get some cash flow into this restaurant? Yeah. And the, uh, and the writers tied that together, which is perfect. Yeah. So like the ending left me was like, Oh, that's what the show is, but now it's over. Well, and two, I just, I love that the, the letter wasn't just there the whole time right like he didn't have that available to him the whole show like he had to confront his demons yeah a little bit and i mean not fully confront everything because there's more confrontation in the second season that goes on just personally with him like uh inner inner turmoil that he has to deal with in the second season but in the first season if he had just read the letter found the money like yeah. It wouldn't have been nearly the emotional payoff or the, um, or the, uh, or impactful. Yeah. And impacting for him because I think that whole journey of trying to fix the restaurant, trying to make it make money, trying things and failing, mm-hmm. uh, him having to confront those demons, uh, with his brother all along and then getting that like confirmation from him to like, yes, take the risk, like let it rip. Like that is, uh, that was the emotional payoff. I feel like that, that we needed at the end of that season. 
Yeah, and the first season was really well written and well directed, uh, but there was just a lot of like, you know, uh, stuff about like hierarchies and getting everyone to like respect each other and respect their place in the kitchen. Yeah. But I think what I was missing in season one is what I got in season two, and they were building to that is like give everyone that emotional uh, that explore their emotional depth more because. Right. Uh, um, oh, who's the who's the guy who makes the pastries and stuff? Um, um, like getting some of more of his background, yeah, and like just seeing everyone's you know emotional and uh, like what brought them to the beef slash the bear in the first place, yeah, like just fleshing that out. Um, but like really in season one, it was Carmi and Sydney that were like kind of carrying it, yeah, and then like all the other characters were just again like Richie was kind of one note and uh all the other characters kind of had their their dynamic, their thing. But yeah. now in season two, we really explore that, their psychosis and everything. And um, for me, I, I feel like all of season two was about failure. Marcus. Marcus, yes, yeah. Marcus. Uh, but uh, season two for me was really about failure and overcoming failure. And yeah. I, I feel like that was for everybody. Well, and I, I love that, like, for Carmi, he kind of knows the formula like he he almost knows the recipe Mm -hmm. uh for how to make something successful or how to make how to bring people in or interest people and he knows that it takes just effort like constant like unrelenting effort and trying to make it the best that you can possibly make it and he he touches on that mindset a little bit in the second season of just Mm -hmm. like he says to sydney if you want to star like there has to be nothing else. Yeah. It has to just be all consuming. Like this is it. Like this is your life. Well, and that's why they introduced his love interest as that, that temptation. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think you see that even in the first season is his mindset of like, this has to be all consuming focus Mm -hmm. and everyone else around him just doesn't yet pick up on that. And you see slowly through that first season, like minds changing and like them getting respect for him and, and his like effort that he puts into everything. And that just like really tees up the second season, I think for these characters that we love at this point, then to be introduced as deep characters with their own arcs that they're going through. Um, and I really felt like the second season, by the end of the second season, had endeared themselves so much with backstory, motivation, very much to almost like a Ted Lasso effect mm. to where you're rooting for each character, like, just as hard as you are Carmi. Yep. Yeah. And, and the brilliant thing about season two is it it really interrogates the motives of why everyone in the restaurant is, is doing what they're doing. And I will say, though, the Christmas episode got a lot of hype, and it, I loved it, but it wasn't my favorite. The Christmas episode really shows us why Carmi is so dedicated to this, but we learn it's for the wrong reasons. Right. Because Carmi has the fire and the passion and the work ethic to cook but he developed it out of a place of fear from his upbringing. Yeah. And that 
his upbringing was so chaotic and so manipulative and so emotionally draining yeah. that he learned to dive in to cooking as an escape from that, as a way to shield himself. But now season two is saying, okay, yes, you've earned all this stuff. You've done all this stuff. But if you don't learn to throw yourself into your passion for the love of it and not for the fear, yeah, you're going to burn out like he did last time before the show started. Yeah. And I think that's where Richie's arc is almost like the, I think I said this to you, Richie actually grows more than Carmi does. Yeah. And I love that final scene in the locker because Richie learns to, to get over his failure, to accept that, to say goodbye to his ex-wife, to, you know, let that be, but to make every second count. Whereas Carmi is still doing everything out of a place of fear. And then when he gets locked in to the, uh, the freezer, he's thinking everyone out there is failing without him. Yeah. And he can't see that they're actually succeeding. Yeah. Because he's so wrapped up and I'm doing this in a place of fear. Like I'm still the little kid in an angry household and I have to control it. Yeah. But he's not doing it for the love of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually even had this thought when I was watching it where it's like it, it almost could work, you know, as a commentary on any type of art because, you know, there's the there's the old conundrum of uh, do you have to be miserable to be a great artist? Yeah. And I think the show is saying, no, you don't. Yeah. Because whether it's writing, painting, directing, any kind of art, I, I think often the stereotype is, well, you have to come from a tormented place to have the passion to do it. And I think that gets you started, but you'll burn out. And I think yeah. the show was saying that 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 negativity will give you the motivation, but like, if you don't find a healthy way to do it, you'll burn out. Using it as an escape yep. gives you that place to go when you're young or that, that uh, I mean, exactly the word, an escape whenever you yeah. need it. But if it's always that, then you're going to constantly alienate people and push people away in your life. And there's going to be too much, on, too much on the line. Yeah, yeah. At all times where it's like, you see Sydney who has come from a place of she, you're right. Carmi, our lead character, we're kind of fooled into thinking he is this evolved kind of expert yeah. in some of these techniques or things in the kitchen. Uh, and in a way he is, but Sydney is coming from this place where she has completely failed mm-hmm. and is recovering and rediscovering her motivation for doing what it is that she does. And in that way, she's a little more evolved in her mindset towards it. Yeah. Where it is like, I'm having to rediscover this and realize that I do this because I absolutely love it. And you see that tension building with her and Carmi because she's doing this from a, from a pure place, kind of from like a, a place of like, I love this. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. This is my life. And he's still kind of operating yeah. as like, this is an escape. And this is like, I, I have, I to have do to, this. I have to control this. I have mm-hmm. to have every piece of it in my hand. And I, I think that, um, to a certain extent when you're doing things at a high level like that, that's true. But if you don't trust your team, yeah, like Carmi isn't doing then it, it's still going to fall apart because you're you're choking everybody out. Yeah. And, and you're not trusting them to develop along with you. Yeah. And that was the other thing is like 
Richie and Sydney, like they all make peace with not only their past failures, but like the idea that this could fail too, but yeah. I'm still going to. And then when Carmi at the end, when his uncle tells him like, you know, he, he talks about the finances and how tight it's going to be. And then when he mentions that, when Carmi mentions that he has a girl, he, his uncle's like, Ooh, you know, trying to balance both. And that's what triggers yeah. Carmi to be like, well, okay, well place a fear again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think Carmi's ever made peace with the fact of not only the failure of his family and his past, but he hasn't made peace with the fact that this could fail and he's putting so much pressure on it. Whereas yeah. I think with Richie, the key was observing at that other restaurant. He learned that if you make your purpose about other people, Mm. the pressure's off of you yeah. because you see Richie kind of let go and expand when he realizes, Oh, we do this to make their day. Yeah. Cause that was, a, that was that whole restaurant's mentality of like, we're doing this. We're, we're, we're getting upset at smudges, not because we're afraid of failing, mm. but because we think this means so much to our audience. Yeah. And we're, we're here to make their day. And when you make it not about you, but about others, which Carmi hasn't done, it's still yeah. all about him because he's trying to prove something. Yeah. He is doing everything he can. He's white knuckling it yeah. to carry this whole thing on his back. He thinks that he's carrying this whole thing. Because I think it's that and... little kid in him going, if I do this right, I fix my family. Right. And that's yeah, yeah. unhealthy. If I can fix all of this and make it into what it needs to be, then I finally will reach some sort of finish line or destination where I'll be able to yeah. relax, you know. But it's still all kind of me, me, me. Like, I have to carry this for my whole family. And he's ignoring that, you know that important relationship that he has with his sister and he's ignoring kind of all these other relationships that he has. And he, and he almost feels guilty for the relief that he has in this new relationship. Yeah. And this like new found, um, comfort that he's found. Like he, he it can't makes let himself him, be it, happy. It makes him uncomfortable to yeah. feel the comfort of having someone to share your burden with. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just think that I love what Richie finds in his purpose. Finally, is Richie wants, he loves people. Mm -hmm. And finally realizing that I don't have a purpose for all these years and and coming to terms with the fact that like my relationship is over, like there have been failures in the past, but like, my purpose now is serving people and making their day. Yeah. And like for him to find like purpose and passion in that was like so cool to watch in that show. And I think that in different ways, that's what every lead character in the show is finding Yeah, is like their passion and their purpose. And I love that Carmi seems so self-realized in the first season like he seems so yeah like his purpose it seems like his purpose is realized like be the best chef you could possibly be be the best in the world and uh as an audience we trust carmy mm -hmm. and in the second season you see that everyone kind of passes him by yeah like you can you can, and that it, it applies to more than just cooking but you can be so seasoned and skilled in any art or practice but if it's for the wrong reasons like you'll burn out mm -hmm. 
And I think that's yeah. so true to like, you think of any artist, like any directors, artists or a, a director, writers, musicians who come out of nowhere and are so talented and you see them like burn out. Yeah. I think it's because like, if you don't find the motivation for your art and do it for the right reasons and do it for, for other people and making their day and not as a sense of like, I'm going to prove or have my art fix something in my past. Yeah. Because then you're just putting too much expectations on what you can do. But if you make it about other people, yeah. serving other people, giving them a, a good dish, giving them a good song, giving them a good story to entertain them. Well, and I, I almost feel like too, if you, if you're approaching it from that motivation of once I perfect this dish mm-hmm. or once I finish writing this song or once I, whatever the finish line is, you always have that finish line, that thing that you're striving for. Mm -hmm. Like if I can just push myself to get to this place, then I'll be okay. Yeah. And you realize once you get there, I still feel the same way that I did before Mm -hmm. where it's almost like the show is commenting on that idea of we're always striving to get to this unknown place of relief yeah and avoiding what we need to come to terms with in order to have that feeling that we long for yeah you know yeah like a a dish a song a book a movie Mm -hmm. isn't going to fix any type of internal problem yeah and i think so many of us subconsciously think it will like well if i just write a book and get published or if i just you know get a record deal or if i have this video blah 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 i'll be fine but it's like no like all that internal trauma that's that's gonna be there yeah and uh i think everyone in the show finds a way to make peace with that but carmy yeah and it it, i just thought it was i thought it was a very mature storyline and very applicable and that's what's great is like you take a show about the cooking world especially like the fine dining world i know yeah. nothing about that yeah man i just had taco bell for lunch and i'm <laughs> i'm raving i'm raving about a, a chicken chipotle wrap you know that's how that's how dumb my palate is hey but also but i if mean you find it's if you, good if you find the universal principle within that that i can apply to my writing or my video making skills because everything in that show is applicable to that yeah like that's that's a good show. That's a good story is you, you find the universal in the particulars. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know anything about cooking, but I can get something out of that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what like, there probably is a version of the show where they, they dive so deep into the, the inside baseball of fine dining and cooking that yeah. like only, only cooking heads I don't know if anyone calls himself a cooking head, but hey, to all you cooking heads, you out, cooking there. heads out there, <laughs> but only people like that, you know, like the, yeah. the Maddie Mathesons of the world, like only they would like really appreciate that, but they have the inside baseball, but they find the universal in it. Yeah. And that's the cool part. They do find a cool way to strike that balance of like honoring kind of the grind and that feeling of what it, what it might feel like to be a dishwasher or to be uh, a line cook mm-hmm. or to be somebody that's, trying to run a restaurant they find that balance of here are the the particulars of what it actually takes or what it might feel like to work really hard at a restaurant but they also make it universal enough to where somebody that's never worked in a restaurant can come 
and watch the show and get something out of it. And yeah. that is, that has to be tough to do. That's, that's really, that's really skilled writing. Yeah. So, I mean, front to back, I was just, I was floored by this season. Um, I, I feel like they turned it all. They, they turned it up for the second yeah. season. Like, and, there, and like, there's so much left. Like, you know, I, it wasn't really a cliffhanger, but it kind of was, uh, yeah. in the sense that like, Oh, like, I now have a lot of confidence going into the third season knowing like, Oh, there's still a lot of stuff they have to work through, especially with Carmi. Yeah. You know, and that's just really encouraging to know like, okay, well, it is almost kind of like as an audience naive for us to think like, Oh yeah. Someone coming from such a traumatic background, mm -hmm. he's just going to get this figured out. Liggity split. Or it's like the Jeremy Allen White's character, Carmi, he, he really is like, a very deep well of issues and things to work through. And like, as far as a TV show goes, it, it's really, really uh, compelling to watch his story well, unfold. When are we going to get the full thing with uh, Joel McHale's character? Oh my gosh. <laughs> we, we keep getting teased with Joel McHale. It's yeah. like, just give me a, just give me a scene. Yeah. You know what I mean, there's that one little scene in the first season where yeah. he's kind of like, degrading him yeah or like berating him but uh yeah i almost feel like that is just an extension of his family trauma yeah where it's like he grew up in this like high like pressure like this pressure cooker of a family mm -hmm. and then he goes into this profession that is the same kind of just high intensity where he was almost like built for that yeah high pressure stuff you know and um but in a different way it affects him in a different way you see in the show um but yeah yeah it's so yeah like i, I just i mean also going into season two like if you would have told me oh they don't even fully open at the end of season two of the of the bear restaurant yeah. i would have been like what yeah so like i thought that was cool that they got so much mileage out of just like the prep of opening the bear and that yeah. the, the season ends with the fam uh friends and family dinner so like the the restaurant hasn't even opened so it's like wow season three like now we can see the restaurant like be opened and well i almost feel like that is the show honoring what yeah. it would actually be like to open a fine dining restaurant or it's any, like or any restaurant you don't just open a place like yeah. you have to do like I almost love that that uh, a main part of the story focuses around the fire suppression system. That was great. Where it's just like, this is like, they're making this minutia super entertaining. And like, yeah, like what it takes to open a restaurant and what it takes to uh, pay the bills and get the fire suppression certification and train up your staff and remodel the place and then find mold and have to change all the plans it's yeah. like that feels very real like that is actually what happens when you're trying to do any of that stuff it, and I, so I, I i think it's cool that they honored that and it wasn't like oh yeah now it's friends and family and the restaurant's opening yeah i feel like one of the the goals of the writers this season was like let's squash any naive dreams of anyone watching the show who thinks <laughs> opening a restaurant is easy because after yeah. watching that it's like i never want to open or be invested or do anything with the restaurant business like yeah never 
Yeah, you have to, I feel like that's something, you can't just do it. You've got to absolutely want it and you've got to love it. Yeah. yeah. I Well, and I think it's cool too that it really shines a light on the people that do that well, how passionate they are. Props. To, to have a restaurant that like, there are a lot of restaurants in our town that I think are really good that I love. And it just kind of shines a light on the people that work there mm-hmm. and the people that have longevity that have been there for years where it's like, you've got to love this yeah. to, to be doing it. So I, I also learned, uh, just like my personality disposition. I couldn't work any job in a restaurant. <laughs> like it, it's just too chaotic. It's too much. Huh? Like I just want to be in a quiet room where I can work on my stuff. Like I, I could not last a second in a restaurant. Yeah, dude, that, uh, and that weird, like the wave of, chaos that you get whenever it's like lunchtime or dinner time mm-hmm. where it's like you spend it seems like the show portrays it as like you spend a lot of time kind of doing this prep work like cleaning you know kind of preparing for the chaos yeah and then the chaos comes and it's like non-stop and i, I could and then, see i could see where some people like live off of that fire that adrenaline that yeah adrenaline i'm not that type of person <laughs> no <laughs> but I, I get why some people probably have like a love hate addiction type relationship to those kind of workplaces yeah i could see that it's almost like a uh it's like your adrenaline junkie kind of but in a different way yeah well or speaking of which i love that uh scene um oh, oh he's a snl alum uh was it alex moffitt yeah. Um, the SNL guy who, who plays one of the new chefs and he's like out in the back smoking crack. And yeah. Sydney's like, I think I saw him smoking crack. Can I fire him? And, and uh, Carmen's like, yeah, fire him. Like, <laughs> yeah. You can fire him for that. <laughs> I thought that was so great. Can I fire him? And he's like, no. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, that that's, that felt, that was another piece of it that felt real, like felt like something that would actually happen yeah at a restaurant i don't know i i I, I could see where addicts would end up in those types of jobs yeah yeah one of the producers on the show maddie matheson he's like a celebrity chef and stuff yeah um his story was like rocky for a lot of years like he worked in restaurants and did Mm -hmm. stuff like that and i have been interested in his story in the past uh and he talks about kind of his former life of being kind of a scumbag. And so mm-hmm. like you see a little bit of that sprinkled yeah. into the show of just like that representation of people that work at restaurants that live that lifestyle. It's a very difficult lifestyle to live because yeah. you don't get holidays off. You don't get weekends off. You work every night. Like mm-hmm. you don't get to see people because you're always working in this restaurant and uh and like the people that work at the restaurant become like family because you're with them all the time and so you see that kind of sprinkled in there uh and i i can only assume because i've never worked in a restaurant i can only assume that that is very cathartic for people that do work in restaurants to see that displayed on the screen and kind of brought front and center he's really good in the show Maddie Matheson. He is good in the He's show. He's such a good performer, man. Yeah. You know what? I actually saw him in St. Louis. He was doing a tour and it was like the weirdest show 
because, well, first of all, it was unexpectedly excellent. Mm. It was him just on the stage telling stories and talking and it wasn't stand up, Mm. but it was very funny. And it was like, he just kind of performed in a weird way, just like Mm. told stories from his past and from his life and from cooking and at all these restaurants and starting restaurants and getting fired from them. And, you know, uh, it was extremely entertaining and hilarious and, uh, really unexpected. It was at the duck room, like in the basement Hmm, Yeah, and, uh, people showed up and he like did whatever his version of a show was. And he even was like, I'm not a stand-up comedian. I don't do stand-up, but I've been like going on tour doing this show but he's like i just walk up here and tell stories basically yeah and it was like he is like a natural it seems like he's a natural performer because he held the room for that's an hour you know that's a skill so yeah it it was really interesting so he's an interesting guy he's fascinating yeah no i mean he had a good amount of screen time in season one yeah but he really got a lot to do this season like every time he's you know on screen it's just a joy Mm -hmm. yeah he's he's funny but he also has there's some uh there's some heart and everything that he says because you can tell it comes from having done that kind of stuff you know so yeah yeah well uh i think it's time for our first ad read of the podcast uh we got (laughs) a we got a sponsor this week so uh i hope you don't mind i'm just gonna do the do the ad read yeah Yeah. go ahead okay i'm just gonna do it. it's our new sponsor so yeah. if, I, if i stumble over myself i've never done the ad read before right yeah but, uh but yeah let me uh let me uh, read what they said <laughs> yeah All go right. ahead go ahead and pull the ad up yeah hey evan mm. hey you, hey andrew hey you you ever uh you ever have this happen to you where where you're uh you know you y- you get stressed and you start grinding your teeth and you you really tense your jaw muscles all day and so all then, the time. So then your jaw kind of hurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's and, that's a yeah, that's I've got a stressful, yeah. you know, job. I got a young kid. I got a stressful life, you know. Yeah, and so you get home from work and you go to chew your food and your, your jaw is just sore. Yeah, totally. Well, not anymore with Rechew. <laughs> oh, Rechew is the best re pre chewed food on the market. Pre-chewed food. Pre-chewed food. So at Rechew, wow. we chew your food for you. At, at So it's chewed up food. It's it's pre-chewed food. So it's not just ground up. It's actually someone's chewed it no, up. Yeah, a real, a real person, a real wow. person who's, who's been paid very fairly <laughs> has chewed your food. Now, Rechew assures me that these chewers don't have any weird you know mouth diseases or anything it's it's all clean it's good yeah yeah but it's pre-chewed so all you got to do is swallow wow so you just pop it right in and swallow yeah they have nice tubes and all sorts of stuff steak chicken anything your heart desires pasta pizza pasta pizza yep so how does it come packaged like it's kind of like a go-gurt tube oh it's like a you just kind of shoot it just right in in and swallow you can save time on the go you're driving to work you don't have, you know, you ever, you ever get fast food? They have breakfast tubes. Yeah, they got breakfast. Yeah, they got a, they got breakfast, a, lunch, and dinner. Yep. They wow. got a sausage, egg, and cheese burrito. Yep. What if I have, uh, what if I have dietary needs? Like, do they have gluten free? Do oh, they, they <laughs> do they have gluten free? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course they have gluten free yeah, so, options. Uh, Reach you has your back. 
So we at ReachU chew your food for you. And if you use the promo code appreciators, you'll get 10% off your next ReachU purchase. Wow. So yeah. where can I go to buy this? Uh, you can go to ReachU.com. This... Enter in code appreciators. Wow. For 10% off. For 10% off. Yeah. Pre-chewed. Re-chew is a pre-chewed food. Food. Yep. Re-chew the pre-chewed food. Yeah. So professional appreciators brought to you by Re-chew, the folks at Re-chew. Wow. So, uh, and Re-chew will reach you because they deliver to their door, to your door. Right to your door. Wow. That's amazing. So I guess when you get these tubes in the mail, you decide you want to get some dinner. It's been a hard day. It's been a hard day. It's been a tough work week. Maybe, maybe it's a Friday working for the weekend mm-hmm. and you're tired, your jaw's exhausted from and grinding you, you from all the be, stress. You don't want to be chewing on steak, just chewing and chewing and, and chewing. And maybe your, uh, your partner says, Oh, I just have no idea what we're going to do for yeah. dinner. And you look at her and, or your significant other Saves and you say, time, you man. know what? I know exactly what I'm going to do. You walk into the kitchen, mm-hmm. you grab two, Premier tubes. Reach you tubes. And you put them in the microwave? You can warm them up or you can eat them cold. You can eat them cold, sure. But, yeah. you know, most people like their food warm. Well, all the food's been cooked, so. It's all been cooked. You know, you also have the option of you can squeeze the tube out into a bowl. Well, I know. What and you, warm it up and eat it like a porridge. I know what you're thinking, but this was my first thought when the folks at Reach You reached out to me. Right. Which is like, is it going to be like saliva eating gross? No, no, no. They dehydrate them. So they chew it, but then they take out, I don't know what their science is. I'm not a scientist, but they take out all they, the saliva stuff. They dehydrate, they get the saliva. <laughs> yeah, they get the saliva out. Wow, that sounds delicious. So nothing to worry about. Oh, wow, what a relief. Yeah. So yeah, go to that website. I reach you or maybe don't go to that website. I don't know what's there. Get 10% off. Whew. Yeah. Wow, that sounds delicious. I can't wait to try it. Yeah, it will. Yeah. So that was our first ad read. Uh, you know, whatever we can get. We're killing it, man. Dude, the appreciators are out here yeah. killing it. We should try it on camera. Because, you know, you don't want to you don't want to <laughs> chew your spouse's food for them. No. You want a professional. I mean, to do everyone's it. done it. You want a professional to do it. Honey, they, my jaw is sore. Can you chew up my food for they've me? They've assured me they've got the best chewers out there chewing that food. I mean, if you haven't chewed your tired spouse's food, come on. You're lying. You're lying. Everybody's done that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I thought talking about the bear, it's food related. I thought this would be a good good time to break out, uh, break out reach the you. ad read. Yeah, reach you. Reach you, the pre-chewed food. Yeah. And they'll reach you mm-hmm. because they come to your door. That's exactly right. All right. Well, uh, all right, well we, we can go success. back to the show. Go success. back to the show. Yeah. Boom. 10% off. I think, I think we killed that. Yeah, we definitely killed that. All right. So uh, I think we beat that horse to death. Uh what if we uh what if we give this the old rating? The old season two of the bear rating. How many rechews out of five? Yeah. How many um how many uh corners out of five? <laughs> Corner. How many uh chefs? How many yeah, I'll go with corners. Yeah, how many corners out of five? I would give this uh are we talking about the show as a whole, season one and two, or just season two? Let's just do season two. Season two, I would say I'm giving it four and a half stars. I'm giving it a very high rating. 
I'm back and, and here's forth. the thing, yeah. and here's why. It's because I feel like they struck a great balance of they gave all of the characters motivations, mm -hmm. arcs that felt like they paid off at the end of this of the series. And like I just love solid characters. And I just feel like this show has so many solid characters and the general, like the full arc of, of the show of them all working as a team to accomplish this one goal, like all of their arcs are paying into that, mm -hmm. that main goal really well. And I just feel like I had very, very few problems with the show. If, if I had to get nitpicky, Mm -hmm. I would probably pick on a couple of the first episodes of the second season. You don't think there's too many close-ups? <laughs> <laughs> if I had to get nitpicky, I might be able to, but I'm not going to get nitpicky. And yeah. I'm going to say four and a half corners out of five on uh, this one. I'm actually, I really loved it. I'm actually going to go one more. Five out of five. Whoa! Five out of five. When I sit here and think about, other than I think he... I think they do too many close-ups of characters <laughs> yeah. to where, like, I get it. Like, you want the claustrophobia, the tight please, pressure cooker of the please kitchen. Please give me a wide shot. <laughs> but there are some scenes where you're like... I'm begging for a wide shot. You, you, there are some scenes where it's like shot, reverse shot of two characters talking. It's like, I do not need to be this close to their nose. Yeah. I don't. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah. in a supermarket. They're not in the kitchen right now. Yeah, it's like... So yeah, but honestly, where have you been all these years? <laughs> honestly, other than that, I cannot think of a single thing I would change about this season. It was entertaining. Yeah. It was well shot. It was thematically focused. Like you said, all the characters are overcoming this idea of failure. Um, it, it had everything you want from a show. Like I was thoroughly entertained. There wasn't a dud episode. Uh, there were definitely episodes better than others, but even the episodes I would say were maybe the worst of the season were really good. Mm-hmm. And it had it had depth to it that reached me in my own life and made me think about things, and that's what you want from a show. And if I think of a five out of five season, that's it. Boom. Is that our first five out of five? I think I think so. Well, I think, I think we've probably talked about five out of five movies, but I think yeah. in terms of show... I think it's well-deserved. Well, I, did we give Better Call Saul season six a five out of five? Possibly. I don't know if we rated it. I'd have to go back and That's look. the only maybe one close. Yeah. And this latest succession season might have been a five out of five. Dude, me. I mean, it. whenever I really think about it, it is a very, I mean, it's as good a show as you can ask for. It's, yeah. it's very, very good. I would recommend anyone who hasn't seen it and has somehow listened to this entire <laughs> podcast <laughs> yeah, to go watch it. Turn off the podcast now that you've listened to the whole thing and go watch the second season yeah. of The Bear. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, I guess it is kind of spoilery, but it's not the type of show where it's like everything hinges on one plot development. It's so emotional. Like, it's such, it hinges so much on emotional development and like yeah. personal character developments that it is kind of hard to like spoil you know yeah it's not one of those shows where it's like a mystery box and it's like what is this thing and like yeah that would what's like ruin the it. mystery who murdered yeah yeah <laughs> yeah what is the orb who sent the orb who created the perfect dish yeah <laughs> who was it no but yeah i love it i'm looking forward to season three and yeah, me too and, and now that succession's over better call saul's over 
um, all these great shows have kind of wrapped up. I mean, Ted Lasso, yeah, uh, Barry. Like, it's now for me, unless I'm forgetting something, it's now the heir apparent. Like, it is the show that I look forward to the most now. It's my favorite show currently airing. Yeah. Right? I mean, I don't know if I'm missing anything. Maybe, but... Uh, Were there some shows that... I, f- I want to say there was a show that I'm... I mean, like, there's House of the Dragon. Forgetting that came out late last year, early this year, that was new, that I forgot about. I mean, I can think of some mini series that I've watched recently that I really loved, but those are just one-off Yeah, I don't shows. know. But, oh, wait, yeah. let, me, let me look at my... Oh, there's Severance. Mm. Oh, Severance. but that's being pushed back. Yeah, that's being pushed back. But... Well, everything's getting pushed back, but... Yeah, yeah. With this strike, who knows when we're going to see. Um, I mean, I think House of the Dragon for a while was still filming even when the writers were on strike. I don't know, I don't know if they are anymore. Now that everybody's because on strike. The, because the actors are on strike now, so yeah, they've definitely had to stop. But for a while, when the actors yeah. were on strike and the when the writers were on strike and the actors weren't, they were still filming well, did without you hear, writers on set. Did you hear that uh, A24 has resumed filming yeah. on all of their... They're meeting the demands. Of, yeah, they met of every SAG demand. Yeah. They met every demand. So A24 has started, uh, has picked up shooting well, I and mean, writing on everything. That's a, that's a good place to end it is, uh, I think I can speak for both of us, where we both support the demands of the writers and the actors. Mm-hmm. And uh, if any executives, producers are out there listening, uh, y'all need to just pay up. Yeah. Like you can afford it. Mm-hmm. And as people who do this for no money, yeah. As of right now, uh, we would love to get some if anybody wants to give us any. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like we work civilian jobs, like we work hard jobs, like, we need television to come home to and that entertainment for, you know, stress relief and like bonding and discovering things about ourselves. Yeah. We need, we need things to appreciate. On yeah. Here. <laughs> We're really in an era of, uh, of podcasts and music, baby, because yeah. if we're not going to get TV shows or movies for a while, uh, it's, it's, uh, it, it has been a relief to still be able to like, watch clips from Conan's podcast and hear new music coming out yeah. and stuff like that. But so. I mean, if this keeps going, it like, and things that were supposed to release at the end of this year or next year, don't like, it's going to be dark. Like, hey, get into independent films, man. Let's start watching some indie films. Yeah. So I don't think any, uh, any studios were thinking of reaching out to us to promote their stuff, but, uh, I am not going to do it until, you know, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff out there about us, um, scabs and stuff. There's there's on-air movie and TV personalities who are still like doing brand deals with companies amid the right. strike and yeah, man. Nah. Well, we won't do it. Nah, because we're already <laughs> not doing it. <laughs> yeah, we refuse. Uh, so. But if A24 wants to do anything, yeah, we'll, we'll promote anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, go check out that Green Knight video. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but that, mm. that's a A twenty four studio movie, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it has, it has to be. It's got the vibes. <laughs> yeah, it's got those A twenty four vibes. vibes. Well, that's our discussion on the Bear season two. Sorry it took so long. I feel like I end every episode with that. Sorry it took so long. You know what? I'm not sorry. We got lives. I feel like I cooked on that. Ooh, ooh, you I, stewed on. I that? stewed uh, on that season 
for a good long while. I felt good about it. Yeah. Now I could talk about it, you know? Yeah. And I know some of y'all have been wait patiently waiting for our take on it. Yeah. And I do have a video essay written on the bear all about overcoming failure, which hopefully we can uh, get out there around the same time. Yeah. Go watch that show. It's super good. It's so good. Well, it was a pleasure. As always, my friend. I'm going to check out Chef. Yep. I'm out of here, Chef. We're going gonna, gonna to end it, Chef. chef. Yeah. I'm gonna. In, I'm out of here, Chef. I'm getting up. Yep. I'm walking out the door. Corner. <laughs> Those Behind. are my footsteps. Walking out the door. That'd be a great bit of, of like a. There's like a murderer, but he's he's he used to work in a kitchen, <laughs> and he can't he can't shake the habits of shouting <laughs> corner and behind. So like he's trying to murder someone. Door. But he's like he's like trying to be sneaky, and then like he goes around the corner. Corner. Oh God. He blows his cover every single time. You know, I was in a kitchen the other day working. Uh, oh really? And because we uh, work at some restaurants. And I thought about doing that to the staff, like as a joke. Yeah. Corner. Being like behind. Behind. <laughs> just seeing what they did. And I was like, they'd probably like roll their eyes at yeah, me or something. This guy so. watches two seasons of the bear. Yeah. Thinks he's a he thinks he knows everything. Yeah. Oh, this anyway, we'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye.